This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning. I'm Kusu Chong with Joyce Go and Giri Balakrishnan, my guest host, and you're listening to The Morning Run. Prime Minister Dr. Tun Dr. Mahathir Mohamad is currently in China for an official visit at Chinese Premier Li Keqiang's invitation. The visit is special because Dr. Mahathir is returning to China as a Prime Minister after a 17-year hiatus. His last visit was in 2001, October, to attend the APEC CEO Summit. Now, joining us on the line to offer some insights into the significance of this visit is Dr. O. E. Sun. He's the political analyst at the Asia Strategy and Leadership Institute, or ASEAN. Thank you for joining us, Isan. I want to begin with the significance of this visit, given it's the first official visit to China by the new administration since G14. What are your views on this? Well, China is uh, Malaysia's uh, largest trading partner, and Malaysia is, uh, well, sometimes China's uh, uh, largest trading partner in ASEAN countries as well. So, uh, of course, uh, this trade, uh, number one, is to firm that up, uh, I mean, to, to make sure our mutual trade uh, will still go on an upward uh, trajectory. Uh, on the other hand, of course, uh, undeniably over the past few months, there have been all these uh, so-called cancellations or delays in some of these mega projects, Man, uh, many of which are undertaken by Chinese companies. So uh, it's also uh, perhaps to, uh, you know, to re- renegotiate some of those uh, terms so that uh, China will continue to invest in Malaysia but uh, perhaps uh, in, a, in a sort of new model. <laughs> so former Prime, uh, Prime Minister Dato Sri Najib Razak was seen as very pro-China with many of the major mega-infrastructure deals between Malaysia and China signed during his tenure. Uh, Isan, how different or similar uh, were the approaches adopted by our current uh, Prime Minister Tun Mahathir towards China today compared to his previous tenure as PM? Well, you see, Dr. Mahathir, in his uh, previous tenure as uh, PM, uh, he was more used to what is called for direct investment. That is, uh, namely, uh, you see the businesses from, let's say, the U.S. or Japan and so on, they will set up factories in Malaysia or regional headquarters in Malaysia, employing uh, locals, uh, you know, creating jobs for the, for the locals, and there's some sort of uh, technology uh, transfer. China, on the other hand, they are more used to undertaking, well, this massive infrastructural project because their own developmental experience shows that, well, once you lay out this infrastructure, there will be people coming to, to, to invest. So Dr. Mahathir, I think, would prefer his model, I mean, not his model, but the more so-called foreign direct investment model, namely encouraging China companies, you see, such as uh, uh, Alibaba setting up regional headquarters, and then GV also working with uh, Proton and so on. That is the kind of... Uh, models that uh, Dr. Mahathir is familiar with and I uh, hope China can also uh, sort of, you know, going along that line. Isan, how do you anticipate Malaysia to position itself vis-a-vis China under this uh, new government? Well, uh, I, I think it will be a, a very pragmatic uh, relationship. Let us not forget that uh, during Dr. Mahathir's uh, first term, he was uh, one of China's uh, staunchest, uh, shall we say, champions, uh, when uh, the Western countries sometimes uh, criticize China and so on, Dr. Mahathir would stand up on China's behalf. And even, I mean, uh, over the past three months when he's coming in again, uh, even when during his uh, visit to Japan, you know, he, I think at least for three times he defended China, saying it's a good neighbor that we have to trade with and, and, and so on. So I don't think uh, he is uh, 
deliberately going out there to be so-called anti-Chinese. It's just that, uh, well, he has his views as to how uh, investments should be should be handled. Yeah. Yeah, Isan, uh, I think nearly the end of his visit already, but not much granularity in terms of the big projects that were postulated previously, like the East Coast Rail Link and the High Speed Rail. Uh, do you think we'll be getting details on that before the um, visit is over? No, I think uh, it, it's more likely that uh, the details of these negotiations will be sort of uh, uh, dripping out uh, you know, over the next uh, few weeks or, or months. Uh, but uh, I think after, I mean, like t- today or tomorrow, they'll be signing some uh, agreements uh, on, uh, for example, agricultural uh, cooperation. I think a lot of us here in Malaysia are very uh, anxious to have our durian to be uh, well exported to China, the whole durian, uh, and not just uh, sort of uh, you know taking only the durian meat out and uh, sort of freezing it. Yeah. Uh, Isan, so the Pakatan uh, Harapan government has previously mulled plans to drop several Chinese-backed mega infrastructure projects. This includes the ECRL. So this has led to the perception that bilateral relations between both countries had turned sour. In your opinion, is that the case still? Because, you know, do you think this visit has improved the relationship? Well, because we are, you know, very huge uh, trading partners with each other, the relationship cannot sour, the, you know, like to a large extent. I mean, our trade volume is uh, twice of uh, China's trade volume with Russia. You know, I mean, this is huge. So, the, I mean, if if the relationship between two countries uh, can be soured by by several mega projects, uh, then that relationship is really not worth pursuing. I don't think so. So, uh, Isal, how influential do you think uh, Thun Daim Zainuddin and Robert Kwok have been, both members of the uh, Council of Eminent Persons, uh, how how influential do you think they've been in smoothing relationships with China? Well, the Robert Kwok is, of course, an old China hand, having uh, made a substantial part of his fortune in uh, China. And uh, Thun Daim, of course, is very well respected uh, you know, among the new senior leadership of our country. So I think, of course, uh, from Robert's part, uh, you'll be, uh, you know, like talking to the Chinese side, and uh, Tun Daim's part is mainly, you know, uh, discussing with uh, Dr. Mahathir and so on. Yeah, these are uh, so-called old China hands. Uh, they, they could sort of uh, smooth out a bit, but still, I think uh, uh, the main sticking point is actually, you know, like um, the new our new government believes that. Uh, there were corruption involved in those mega projects. Namely, the previous government, for example, would force the China businesses' hand to uh, sort of, uh, you know, hand over kickbacks by elevating the construction price and so on. So these issues have to be resolved. I mean, we we, we simply cannot go on with this sort of project uh, when when those prices are so high. You know. Isan, I understand you're in China right now. What is the sense and tempo uh, on the ground in terms of the ongoing trade disputes? And if anything, what are the implications to the Belt Road Initiative, of which some of these mega projects in Malaysia were an integral part of? Uh, it's not trade dis- oh, You mean the trade disputes between US and China, yes, but between uh, China and Malaysia, there's no trade dispute. There's only dispute over these uh, mega projects. Uh, well, the Belt and Road Initiative, a large part of it is about building mega projects. China likes to, uh, you know, like call link up with uh, 
or its neighbors by means of rails and, uh, and, and various other means. And uh, well, if uh, for them they will see it, if these mega projects uh, don't take off, from their point of view, they will see it as a step back to to uh, the Belt and Road Initiative. And thereby, I think, uh, well, they, they will also come to the negotiating uh, table to hopefully what we call rationalize uh, the pricing structure of this, uh, this uh, mega project, for example. You see, like the, this uh, East Coast Rail Link and so on, uh, it's already uh, underway. I mean, I, I heard like uh, some, uh, the, some drilling has been going on on mountainside and so on. So if you were to just abandon it like that, uh, it's uh, well, it's also not worth it. Uh, but uh, you know, if you can sort of rationalize this structure, I think it can still go on. <laughs> All right, Doctor O, thank you so much for your time. That was Doctor O Sun, the political analyst at the Asia Strategy and Leadership Institute, or ASLI. After this, we're going to be coming back with the business news headlines. BFM eighty nine point nine. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.